Good morning and welcome to another episode of Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. This is your host, Ben Rogers, and I'm delighted to have with me today, Jimmy Pauls, DeKalb County Clerk. Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Ben. Thank you for being here. It's an honor to be here, privileged, and uh, thankful that you asked me to uh, to come and share a few minutes with you this morning. Anytime. You are actually my first guest that holds the office of county clerk in the Upper Cumberland, and well, I haven't had any county clerks on, but I focus on the Upper Cumberland area. And you're my first guest uh, from DeKalb County. So uh, you and I go way back, well, six years since you got in office, and it's been a pleasure and joy working with you. Uh, I know when I get a phone call from you, it's a good question, and my mind's going to be used, and I'm going to be thinking about what you're asking and get you an answer. But um, you're the county clerk in DeKalb County, and that's commonly known still to this day as county court clerk. I guess you still hear that, right, in DeKalb County? We still hear that um, all too often. We actually have uh, issues with mail mix-up because of the court being inserted with county court clerk. So, you know, since the state did make that change and it's no longer county court clerk, we try to distinguish that between the county clerk and the circuit court clerk as much as possible just to keep the interference down. Right. And the reason, and well, there's, there's a big reason going way back when Tennessee was started, but in the last, over the last 20, 30 years, the most common reason the county clerk was referred as county court clerk was because you're the basically the secretary of the county commission. And the county commission still is often called the county court. So people, and this, and this is why I love doing this show, because people have these questions and I'll get questions from friends or citizens and course officials. And they'll ask me, well, why are, why is this terminology this way? Or why are things spoken this way? And the county court is actually the county commission, but by TCA, it's the county legislative body which we call county commission, but still there are some folks that, that refer to the county commission as county court. I still have county mayors in my rural counties that will call and say, hey, the county court met last night. And I know what they're talking about. They're talking about the county commission. It's not actually judicial court. It's not you know criminal court or leg- uh, general sessions court. It's actually the meeting of the county commission. No, there's no verdicts in the county commission meeting, <laughs> even though sometimes we feel like there should be. Um, no guilty or, or, or uh, not guilty verdicts in the county commission, but they are called county court. So you get confused a lot, and that does cross up. Probably actually cost you a little bit of time uh, in the office trying to decipher who need if this person needs actually the county clerk or circuit court clerk we do we get that question we get a number of phone calls on a daily basis um for the circuit court clerk um there's days where we have um as many as 30 and 40 calls just for the circuit court clerk on top of air calls so um it, it is time consuming but we try to direct the folks in the right direction of which office they need to be in to get the information they need I wonder if um, the county commission or, or maybe DeKalb County had some kind of public meeting and just said, hey, we want to inform the public. <clears throat> this is These are your county offices. This is who you call. The county clerk is not the county court clerk. They have no court. Now, used to county clerks had juvenile court. That's They, they would work with that office. That's, that's very uncommon now. Uh, you don't have juvenile, do you? No. No, yeah. we do not handle anything with court-related issues. I don't know. Did DeKalb County clerk? In the past, have juvenile? Do you remember? I cannot remember. Yeah, I don't either. At, don't at one either. point in time, it could have been. But. I know Putnam <laughs> County did, and we gave, and the county clerk here gave that up a few years ago. Anyway, so that's the confusion. You are the county clerk in DeKalb County. Jimmy, you and I met uh, August 2014. 
at our orientation and we instantly hit it off uh i call you my friend you've you've called me a lot i try to help you and one of the first times i i actually helped you was uh at a committee meeting um you had called me and said i'd come down and met with you looked at some numbers you were wanting another employee and you're actually still trying to get more employees and we'll get into that later on in another segment but uh, I went to the meeting with you in DeKalb County, a committee meeting, and um, it, the response was different from those commissioners. They didn't expect to see me there. I've been, I was there before in meetings, and because I've been invited, and I think because you were new, they thought you were bringing in some artillery or something with me. And I'm not a big bad person. I'm, I was just there to help. So you and I've been through some stuff together. Um, we've gotten through it. I still help you. You still call me, so I'm thankful for that. But that was a. That was a little bit of a tough time, and that that kind of got your feet wet in the county government. Yes, that was a, a memorable moment. Yeah, uh, it <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, that meeting was to uh, promote progress and to have you there for an in, for a tool for information, not to uh, have you there as what was relayed to me as a scare tactic. And um, unfortunately, they were. There was individuals that viewed uh, just the perception they had of me asking you to be there to sort of uh, reassure that once the meeting was over, that if there was anything left undone on my part, being new to um, the office, being new to uh, county government, that uh, it might be something that I could go back to them and and try to correct or better inform them in a way that they may not have understood. But unfortunately. Um, it, um, it worked negatively against me and, um, um, I think the perception of, uh, just your cause of being there was not accepted from them. And, uh, again, uh, I, I advised them, uh, you know, I had you there for the tool out of the toolbox just to assist me to be better at what I was trying to do, accomplish, and, that you you are not an attorney there for me. You are not there representing me, but you're actually uh, an individual who is not there just to represent me as a county clerk in DeKalb County. You're our regional representation for any and all of our county offices, including those commissioners who unfortunately uh, viewed you as a, a negative impact. That's right. And I was actually going to say, I mean, my, my role is to help the Cab County officials, the Cab County police, commissioners, school board, uh, and and director of school. I mean, I work with all those those entities or those offices, and that's my job. And and it kind of gave you a bad introduction in the way some of the county government works. But I, and I hate to say this, but a lot of those commissioners got defeated this last time. And and if I feel like the new commission since 2018 utilized me more. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of progress going. I know you're still having some issues on the budget stuff, and we'll get into that. But I I know I know why you're in public service. I know why you want to run. You ran for DeKalb County Clerk. I want you to let the people know and inform inform them about your passion for for public service. What made you decide to run for DeKalb County Clerk in 2014? Well, public service has uh, always been a part of who I am from the time I was in high school, following graduating high school, attending. Classes at Tennessee Tech. I began my career early with uh, public service as an emergency medical technician with our local ambulance service there in DeKalb County. Um, I served there from with ambulance service from 1991, actually up until I began my tenure as county clerk in 2014. Wow. So completed 25 years there with emergency medical services, uh, served three years as a part-time police officer, 
three years as a part-time emergency room technician, providing care to those uh, coming into the emergency room. I also had two years of full-time service for a local funeral chapel there in my hometown. And uh, as as you know, in each capacity and in uh, each of those atmospheres, that that's a, a place where you're going to be serving people and, and uh, hopefully touching people in a way that uh, – you can serve them, and there's going to be a positive outcome in whatever it is you offer them in service. So, uh, so you have I'll, a servant's heart. Well, my desire was to leave an impression with each person and every every family as being compassionate, concerned, and caring in every role of service that I provided to them. Sure. And then, of course, now that role actually still exists as county clerk because – when people come in, there's so many things your office does, and we're going to start that in the next segment. we got about two minutes, and um, there's so many things your office does. If you don't have that compassion, if you don't have that caring heart, and you can relate to what their needs are, it's going to be hard for you to be effective with them and providing that service. There's so many needs that the public has coming to your office and all the county offices. And, of course, I'm pro, pro-county pro government. I love county government. It's my life, but uh, a lot of people don't understand before we close the segment, I, when you ran in 2014 and you decided you, you've been, as you said, you've been with EMS for 20 some plus years. And then you decide to, to run the previous County clerk was retiring, right? Uh, My, he was, he was vacating the office. No. Oh, did no. you beat Michael? I did. I'm sorry. I, 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 that's right. I forget that. He, he'd been in a long time. He had served three years. That's right. Okay. And, had, uh, or, excuse three me. He had yep. served three terms. He'd been in 12 years. So you had decided to run against him and, um, <clears throat> you were successful. And we'll get into that race coming up shortly, too. But we'll talk about whether DeKalb County has primaries or whether it's just in the general election and, and all that. But what made you decide to, to take that leap from EMS to, to a county official role? Well, again, uh, just a public servant, always enjoying being around the people of the community I grew up in. Uh, I actually first was elected in public service, uh, serving a four-year term as a county commissioner in 1998 uh, while I was still working with EMS. So I served a a four-year term. Uh, During that term, my wife and I began our family having our first son uh, December of 98, our second son January of 2001. So with having two children born during the first four years I served as commission, served on the commission, I just decided toward the end of that four years that uh, I wasn't accomplishing as much on the commission as I would have liked to have seen the direction of the commission going. So uh, uh, my focus then turned to my wife and two sons and uh, just stepped back, chose not to run for re-election at that time and uh, just – I completely understand that. We're going to get into uh, your first term as the Cab County Clerk and your family and how they reacted to when you wanted to run for a full-time position. You're listening to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. This is Ben Rogers. My guest is Jimmy Pauls, the Cab County Clerk, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Trending on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. This is Ben Rogers, your host. My guest is Jimmy Pauls, the Cab County Clerk. Jimmy, we talked about your desire for public service. you got a uh, servant's heart. And you've been you know, EMS for twenty plus years. That's an amazing career, and your 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 back back's pretty healthy. I'm assuming still. I mean, that's a lot of 
lot of back problems with Ian working that long. You're a strong guy. I wouldn't want to mess with you. Um, I know you're in shape. We talk about working out together. I mean, we talk about that stuff. We talk about other stuff other than UT football. We share a big passion for UT football. Your office is in UT Orange. People ought to go by and see you. Um, so your desire to public service, you decide to run for the county clerk, and you, you run against an incumbent. What was that conversation like with your family, especially your wife, when you decide to take that leap of faith and, and pursue something different in county government? You're staying in county government, but to pursue something different. Well, ironically enough, you you bring up the issue with uh, health and back issues with related to emergency services, and and uh, that uh, is what uh, drove me to look in a different direction of a public servant. Uh, I did uh, go out of EMS with back issues that no longer would allow me to fulfill the full obligations of the job. However, I do still try to... Uh, physically take care of myself into a way that I can keep my back in better shape to where I can deal with it on a daily basis True. to stay away from the surgery table and and hopefully continue work as long as I can so uh but uh ironically enough uh, that that was what took me from the career that I chose and loved um but uh as far as my family as far as them being involved <clears throat> getting them on board with uh my decision it, it really wasn't uh it, to me, it wasn't a question that I never had their support. Again, I stepped back from county commission when my boys were just born, and they they grew up with me being a public servant. They grew up seeing me working, serving the public all of their young life up until the point that uh, the injuries that I sustained uh, actually uh, would not let me go back to doing what I love doing, and uh, I – Again, had served on the commission, had worked then around the, the county clerk, and oddly enough, I thought, you know, there there may come a day in time that I would like to serve in that position. Mm -hmm. And and little did I know that uh, it would be a position that I would choose to run for. But uh, prior of even speaking to my family and friends about it, uh, you know, myself, I spent a lot of time in prayer and consideration of what it would be like what would be required from me to fulfill a countywide campaign. Uh, however, you know, my family and friends were aware of my situation and supported me completely, knowing and understanding that my desire was to continue being a servant to our co community, uh, only in a new capacity. So uh, uh, they ever, not just family, but family and friends, I had, had great support from the beginning. Did you take the strategy uh, of campaigning, going door to door? Was that necessary for you, or was it more about being available to the public and being at, at functions and talking to people in those in that environment? I accomplished both. Good for you. And I and I've talked several times on this. the The strategy or the process of going door to door is kind of going away because people. Uh, the the younger generations are not used to that. Even though they were kids and their parents would open the door to officials running or people campaigning, uh, you run into some people that just don't don't want it. They just send me a postcard or, or or do something on social media. Everything's going towards social media and uh, don't come to the house and whatever. But uh, some counties do still appreciate that. So you're able to accomplish that. I want to get back right quick to your time as county commission. Um, and you and I really haven't talked about this a whole lot. You were there four years. What was the most frustrating part for you as being a commissioner? Uh, because I talk about frustrations all the time uh, about how things sometimes work. And, and what for you, what was what was that point you thought, well, it's, I'm not being effective anymore? At the time I was elected as county commissioner, it was um, 
it was a time where uh, we still had a lot of the uh, uh, previous generations that had served on the commission for many years, and and many of those folks were still serving that I served with when I started as county clerk in 2014. Those folks had been on since well before I was commissioned in 98. So we, we had people that uh, just left the commission that had 40 years of service on the commission. So me coming on as a new commissioner in 1998 with guys on there and, and guys and ladies both that uh, had 20-plus years of service, um, I was the new kid on the block. I've, I I think I still am the youngest commissioner that was ever elected to DeKalb County. I was 25 at the time I was elected. Wow. So uh, I had some ideas and thoughts that I rarely got to express them, and when I would express them, it uh, they, they, they would be shot down really quick. Right. So uh, after a couple of years of that and, again, uh, beginning my family with my two sons that uh, came along uh, my focus just seemed like I was achieving more at home with my family than I was with the county commission sure and and the, being on the commission can be rewarding and it can be frustrating the frustrating part is when there's a set set uh, mind there's a mindset that's not going to change and that mindset hopefully uh, hopefully everybody's mindset is to do better for the county but there are mindsets and it's never it's ever never evolving um progress is limited based on the the lack of willingness to change so i just wanted to get your thoughts on that uh, let's get back to your office uh your office does so much uh, county clerk's office does so much and and that's uh, the case for the uh, every county in the state of tennessee some counties do things differently but there are certain things by state law you're required to do and i i can't think of anybody else i you know there, i have good county clerks in my area but you've you've <laughs> you're so hands-on like when i when i come by your office it's um very rarely do i see you in your office with a desk it's usually out front uh, helping customers and and doing titles and giving uh tags and renewing tags what what does your office do on a daily basis well, again, and, and, and following up on where you left off there, I do spend as much time on the front counter and on the front line with my employees as I can. Uh, I enjoy the work. I enjoy serving the people on the front line. Uh, I, I enjoy um, the work in general uh, and, again, want to show and want to be able to accomplish, complete, and not ask my employees to do anything that I'm not willing to, to do myself. So when you don't see me, majority of the time, um, I, I do uh, I offer several services, probably that a great number of county clerks I've been told don't offer. I, I actually will – I have several people on a monthly basis that comes to my office to sit down on my personal computer in my office and take care of filing, paying – their sales and use tax. I, I, I do that for several people monthly. Um, I also have the annual people that comes in where it's their responsibility or their CPA's responsibility or whomever they're using for their tax work to take care of, again, their sales and use tax or their business tax renewals or to close that business tax account out. Uh, you know, since 2014, the state took that from the clerks to where everything's done online now. There's been we're on our third change now with uh, with the process and and on a system now with the state that's very effective and again I I take a lot of time with people in filing paying renewing 
closing their business taxes annually. Um, the responsibilities that solely up to that person, but I, I try to accommodate our people as much as I can in our community, and and I'm proud to do that. So, uh, so instead of filing the business tax in your office now, people get do that online, but you still interact with people because they ask for your help filing that business tax. Certainly, I certainly do, and, and you don't have to do that. And just to clarify, there's so much miss. Uh, I get. I don't know if it's miscommunication throughout the state or just uh, people's uninformed or don't take the time to better educate themselves, whatever it may be, or regardless. Uh, you know, the county clerks, we do the beginning. We, we take uh, – we do the first business license, whether it be a standard license or a minimum activity license. We, we have the local account from that point on on the standard license. It's up to that individual to then go on the 10-tap system to file annually. And then we will, when we have clearance from the state that they've paid their dues, they've, they've filed their, their return, they've paid their payment, uh, we get the clearance, we print those off and mail them out to the people. So... Uh, but no, I, I still uh, I still strive to assist as many as I can. I don't I don't turn anybody away. Well, that's being a public servant at heart. So business tax, um, we got just a few seconds left, and and we'll go ahead. We'll wait till next segment to get in that bi- that business tax initial filing. Where, like you said, where they get the license is is part of your role. The aftermath of that, where they have to file every year, is not part of the clerk's role. That's all turned over the state. But you still have people coming in asking for your help, and and that's common i'm sure in counties clerks i'm sure like you will help that's not required to do that uh there's so many other things you do when we return i want to get into that and and talk a little bit more about um the the rest of your term left and and, and what you see you hope for your office to to do in the next three years or so uh and whether you decide you're gonna run again uh we'll get into that and more on news talk 94.1 fm at 1600 a.m when we come back Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers on News Talk 94.1 FM and 1600 AM. Jimmy Paus, the DeKalb County Clerk, is my guest today, and we're learning about his office and, and his prior experience as a public servant and all the things he's done and looks to accomplish in his office. The role of the county clerk is so broad, and we just covered one part of that, and that's accepting business tax um, licenses or business licenses, I should say, and then you actually help people continue to do the business tax part of it, which you're not required because that's fully automated now on the state's website. There's so much more your office does. Um, what What is your com- most common transaction every day in your office, Jimmy? Well, obviously, we're, more people relate to us as the individual who hands out the license plates, right. plate renewals. Um, that's such a misperception on what our duties actually are on a right. daily basis. We we collect taxes on a number of things from watercrafts, uh, vehicles, trailers, motorcycles, side-by-sides, et cetera. Um, issue titles for each of those trailers, vehicles, motorcycles, side-by-sides, anything that comes with an MSO or, or been t- previously titled. You know, we, re- we recommit that title work into a new title for that person who's purchased it. Uh, again, we've already spoke about the, the business license. We go to then the marriage license that uh, we collect the fees on that, complete the marriage license, print the marriage certificate for those individuals when they return them, file them with the state. We issue beer permits, collect annual beer privilege tax, collect the wholesale beer tax. Our office collects hotel motel occupancy tax. 
We issue notary applications, collect those fees, take those to the county commission for approval. Our office uh, provides public notary service free of charge for people that need something notarized. Uh, Of course, we maintain the records for the county legislative body, uh, of course, the marriage records. And, um, you know, we have a kiosk. We have a driver's kiosk in our office, and it's a self-service kiosk. That was another issue. That's the issue that I battle with that uh, so many of our county officials thinks that, well, it's self-service, so you shouldn't spend any time with it. Just leave that to the individual to do themselves. Uh, I wish it was that way. However, majority, 90% of the people that use that machine, if we don't assist them from the beginning, right. we normally have to go back and go over and redo what they've already done because it's been completed incorrectly. So right. spend a lot of time with that. Of course, all of our work we do on a daily basis is scanned and sent to the state. Our office issues hunting and fishing license. Not all offices does that. We renew watercraft renewals. We started in 2014 providing same-day duplicate titles. Uh, again, in my personal office, on my personal PC, sometimes if the kiosk is down, I take individuals in. I'll complete uh, driver's license, renewals, address change, whatever it may be that they need. If I can do it online for them, I'll do it. Those folks that has uh, reinstatement fees to pay, I take them in my office. I'll assist them in paying those. I'll, uh, if they're eligible for a reissue of a driver's license online, I'll walk through those steps with those folks. Uh, our folks that's got tags, 55,000 pounds or over, that's required uh, 2290. I assist those folks in going on uh, RS, rs.gov, complete their FEIN if they don't have one, get their uh, HVUT requirements in order, complete their 2290 forms for them. Um, I just again anything related with anything to with relation to our office or anything that I have connections to with the state of Tennessee that I can put my hands on and assist a, a citizen of our community. I, I don't turn them away. Let's talk about marriage license right quick, if you don't care. So, <clears throat> you a couple picks up their license from you. They sign. They get the license to take or the form to take to the preacher or the whoever's marrying them. What whatever I shouldn't say preacher because commissioners can marry and I'm definitely not a preacher, so I do not do that anymore. Ever since the law changed, I do not perform marriages. But they get married. Let's say on Saturday they come Friday, pick it up, get married on Saturday. Whenever they have to have that back to your office signed by a witness by the person that performed the marriage and of course them within three days. Correct. Within, now, what are the consequences if they don't have it back within three days? Um, thus far, I've not found many that don't comply with the three-day standard. However, we have had instances where it has went over that. And as long as everything's in order, acceptable, um, Tennessee Vital Records has accepted We've only had a few, a very few, but most of the time, if if there's proof of everything and everything's in order, uh, there's not. Uh, I've I've not run into problems with it, with having that challenge. So I haven't shared this with you. I got a call uh, just, I guess, last week or two weeks ago from another county clerk in my area, and there was a couple that had been married fifty plus years, and they were needing a copy of their marriage license. I don't remember exactly what for. I want to say it was renew their driver's license or get the the seal on the driver's license that's new or whatever anyway 
they needed a copy of it, and they went to this county clerk's office, and they had no record of that marriage. And um, so they called me. <laughs> this, I never had this question before. And they said, what do we do? And I said, well, let me let me ask our legal team. And um, if there's no record of that of that couple getting married, they have to go before judge. Yes. Yeah. And, you know? and we have had a couple of those instances actually um, just assisted our, our local County attorney in a, in a case where he was representing a lady where she and her husband was married over 25 years and, and just failed to get it turned back in, but actually had signed documentation, had pictures of their wedding, whole nine yards, but uh, they had to go before a judge, but uh, it it was not challenged and, and right. everything worked out. But, but it, it is a process. Yeah, it, it, it creates a process that uh, shouldn't be if you follow the guidelines. It is. And I was just 50 years, you know, of being married and going to an office and we don't have any proof that you're married. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how they felt. It did work out. I think they had the, some affidavits that went before a judge and the judge wasn't a problem. But that happens. That's that's common. So if, if you're. If you're needing your marriage license out there and you don't have record of it, you need to go to the county clerk and they'll direct you on – if they don't have record or Tennessee Vital Records don't have it, they'll direct you on what you need to do. Um, so transactions per day, do you even have an idea of how many transactions per day your office takes on? We'll average near – between we'll average 135, 140 a day. Many days we hit 200 or go over 200 transactions a day. There's many days we go over 200. So. And how many employees do you have? At this time, I have four. Uh, and I just, uh, through the county court's approval, obtained my fourth employee just barely over a year ago. So it took me took me five years to get one employee. Right. Um, and that's that's been tough because, uh, you know, I always like to say, don't listen to me. Look at look at the numbers. Look at the data. Um, I don't need people to believe what I say, but I do need you to believe the numbers that I'm performing. And you know, the year before I went into office in 2013, our office just titles alone had completed under 3,000 titles. In 2014, my first year in office, we doubled those numbers, and then from that point forward, we have had a continual rise. A huge increase, and we've increased uh, the last 17, 18, and I'm waiting, awaiting the 19 figure. But we're averaging just under 13,000 titles for the last three years, and you know that's we're doing approximately five times transactions altogether with everything that our services are offering folks. Um, we have so many more services. We're doing so many more titles in house. Uh, our numbers have climbed drastically since 2014, and just with the transaction climb, that's also been significant in the increase of dollars that's brought into uh, the county. For instance, in 2013, looking at 2,897 titles, dollar-wise, that was $21,728, and we go back and look at 17 and 18, and we're at $100,000, so... And we're going to be right there this year, you know, with uh, back July 1st, the state changed the noting of lien. Uh, No longer does the state accept noting of liens. Now that uh, falls solely on the county clerks. We're getting all that revenue to keep in our county, and uh, that's going to increase the number of titles even more. So that's going to bring those numbers up and keep those up steady, hopefully, to where it's uh, good numbers for our county. But, 
drastic increases. You know, we're, we're doing a lot more work than, than what was done in the past, and I expect that to continue. Why do you think – we just have a few seconds left, and we'll get into it, but why do you think titles have increased that much? I mean, the nothing against DeKalb County because DeKalb County – first of all, let's say DeKalb County is a beautiful county, Center Hill Lake – um, but you're, the population is not doubling. The population is not growing leaps and bounds. Are people just buying more stuff they got to register? The biggest thing that changed the title numbers is the fact that prior to me beginning in office, uh, majority of that work was being mailed to the state, and the state was asked to do that title work for DeKalb County. DeKalb okay. County Clerk's Office was not completing much of the work itself so there you go so when i started in 14 we changed that process okay. we, we decided we were going to do more of that work we uh, actually got refunded some more mo additional funds because of taking that task on also it brought in more revenue just for accepting that instead of mailing it to them so that started to change and and also uh, before 2014 you could not get a duplicate uh instaprint title so we do a lot of those too, and and that's increased. But uh, okay, you've, just, you've just, answered my question. Then um, when we come back, the last segment, we'll talk about some other things uh, in your office and and go forward. Uh, this is News Talk ninety four point one FM sixteen hundred AM. You're listening to Trending, and we'll be back with my guest Jimmy Pauls. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers, your host, and my guest is Jimmy Pauls, the DeKalb County Clerk. Jimmy, we were talking about. Uh, your transactions and all the services your office does in DeKalb County. One of the things that people may not fully understand with the revenue flow for county government, you know, everybody knows property taxes and sales tax. And if a county has a wheel tax, which you, you deal with, you know, if you had a wheel tax, you would deal with that. And that, that payment would be accepted in your office. These fee offices, and when I say fee offices, your office, county clerk, trustee, registered deed. These clerks of court that handle the the court side, the judicial side, those offices are bringing in revenue. Now, of course, the court side is based on fines and fines and fees, where somebody's not adhered to the law per se, so they're paying a fine or fee. Most of the time, there's other revenues there that come in, passports and stuff. Um, but your office is bringing in fees for titles, registrations, um, of course, business license, so many things you mentioned. That's revenue to the county and and you and I talked all the time talk all the time about your budget and the services you provide and that money comes in is actually paying for your budget and paying for your staff and actually probably supplanting other budgets in the general fund because you're part of that general fund budget in a county where the, you're in the same same fund as the sheriff and all the other officials I just mentioned and the mayor and EMS if that's if that that could be in the budget this used to be a separate fund but now it's incorporated in the general fund there's so many services being paid out of that fund, and you provide a service, so your employees are obviously expenses, your office needs are expenses, but you're, so many things you're doing is bringing in money to support that and pay for that. I'm not sure people understand when they think about more revenue needed for a county, especially a county that's struggling financially, um, that property taxes is a portion of it. And it's the one thing the county commission can control. But these fee offices are providing services, so they're they're recouping some of the money. Uh, I just think it's a big part of county government. You know, without without offices like yours and those services, we we're going to struggle. It you know, fee offices are very vital. Uh, I think again, you've you've already covered anything that I could say, so I'm not going to go back over what you've covered and spoke of. But uh, you know, uh, I guess. 
relating to what you've said and mentioning each of the offices, that's seems to be for not all, but there are commissioners that has a misperception of fee offices, of them being equal, equal in what services they provide, equal into um, the number of employees should be equal. They they feel that if the Register of Deeds needs two people or five people, the county clerk should use the same amount as the Register of Deeds. Um, they feel like, uh, again, if uh, if the county clerk asks for one more employee, they should feel obligated to give the circuit court clerk one employee. You know, and that's that's been a challenge for me to uh, absorb and to try to differentiate uh, the importance of each of our offices as elected officials. We all have a role. We Our office is important for what we provide to our citizens in our county, regardless of what office we hold. But where the difference is, is that the fact that none of these offices in comparison are close to nowhere close in what services they provide or the number of employees they need to operate the office efficient or in relation to looking at it with, like I said, from the aspect of a commissioner wanting to look at the office is equal on what's needed in that office from an employee stand, standpoint. Um, that, that's, that's been tough for me. And so <clears throat> you, the, the services you're providing, you also have to have employees to do that. And you're right. Every office is different in a county. So one office may only need two employees and another office may need six employees. You just this past year got your first extra employee since you've been in 14. So over four years, it took you to get another employee. Now, obviously, unless you're lucky, and I, I don't know what your employee, your new employee's background was, but there's a training period there for that employee. So they come in, they can help right away in some aspects, but you got to spend some time training that employee. Your staff does. How long, if, if how long does it typically take to get an employee up to where they need to be to understand the functions of the office? You know, I talk to clerks around the state frequently about this same issue and and i think uh, again uh, for anybody that wants to question uh, my response of what i'm going to answer you to is uh you know don't take my word for it talk talk to your own county clerk talk to county clerks across the state but if if you're not fortunate enough to have a employee that comes from another county clerk's office you're looking at a minimum of a year and a half to two years to have that employee be confident, knowledgeable, and self-confident in being able to complete work uh, on a daily basis without being over their shoulder helping them. And even even after the two-year period, w- there's there's instances, and that's why we work as a team in, in my office. Uh, uh, we take care of each other, and uh, myself included. Uh, there, there's times where you're going to make mistakes, but we also have a uh, uh, a bookkeeper that checks the work daily before our titles are printed and uh, reassures before those titles are printed that if any mistakes are made that we're able to correct them but that's that's a huge part from a county clerk standpoint on an employee you know you just can't pull one off the street and and put them to work and have one running in two weeks and turn them loose and be done with them you've got a lot of time vested in an employee so back in 2016 the state amended a a law uh, part of the Tennessee code 
that required internal controls for county governments. The internal control process has been there for state offices for years, but the county countywide or statewide through counties, it's not been a requirement or uh, a law. And so the, the law was amended to include county governments and city governments. And um, that, and for a lot of offices across the state, and even in my area, rural counties, pretty much required another employee because you had segre- lack of segregation of duties in that process. I just obtained my certified fraud examiner's uh, certificate last year just so I could help counties with that, uh, mitigate the process of segregation of duties and, and help those counties. Are you to where you can properly segregate duties now with your employees, uh, with receding, depositing, uh, bookkeeping, the reconciling, all those things that go hand in opening mail, signing check? I mean, all that. Are you to the point where you you feel good about it? To feel good about it, no. <laughs> to be compliant with it, yes. Yeah. We're we're uh, we're making it work like anyone would with what we have to work with, but uh, we're behind. Sure, we are behind. And uh, there's probably I don't know how every official feels about internal controls, but myself, I think that was a, a good move from the state. Right. Um, uh, it was uh, internal controls to me. For if I'm a business person or I'm a county clerk or whatever I am, internal controls would be vital for anyone who's operating a business or myself as a county official. Uh, internal controls and the changes that accompany. Uh, the internal controls, you know, there's since they first started, we've had a couple of changes with them. So that's that seems to be like anything. There's going to be a continual change and a need for change to continue the improvement. But with all that said, uh, internal controls are there for the protection of the citizens of that county, uh, of the county government they live in, and also uh, for me, I I look at it uh, as protection for myself protection for my employees so uh I, I i i'm glad that came along uh we you have somewhat of internal controls when you have policy and procedures uh just as a local level internal controls takes it to another level with the state being involved but uh it, it's a good move and it's good protection throughout the state Let's and it's it's to protect against fraud, waste, and abuse, and that's why they're they're put in place. Let's shift gears. While the last couple of minutes we have, one of the most important roles you serve as county clerk is the secretary of the county commission or the county court, as some people say it. Um, and that is in in the statute uh, for your office that you have to be basically the secretary of the county commission. So you're you're calling for votes, you're recording votes, you're putting together the minutes. You knew that was part of the role because you served as a commissioner before, but is it different sitting in that seat now than compared to was when you were a commissioner? Well, it certainly feels different. <laughs> it's uh, it's humbling to be in the seat that I'm in. It's an honor and uh, uh, was going, you know, before I took office, I already knew what uh, uh, the clerks prior to me had served in that role in that capacity. So uh, uh, don't take it lightly. It's very important that the minutes of the county commission be accurate, uh, be reviewed, be formally approved by the county legislative body. The minutes are required to be promptly and fully recorded, open to public inspection in the county clerk's office. Uh, they include and must include a record of person's presence, all motions, proposals, and resolutions offered, the results of any vote taken, and a record of individuals individual vote in the event of a roll call so on all the roll call votes so we pre-record each of those individuals 
All, all votes of the county commission are made public. No secret votes or secret ballots can be taken. Each member's vote regarding the appointment process shall be recorded by the clerk entered into the minutes of the county legislative body. Uh, the minutes are the only record of the meeting that will be used if questions arise or when they arise concerning what happened during and at that meeting that will be recognized in a court of law. And, uh, of course, with a work history as a county employee and previously serving on the commission, uh, again, I was somewhat familiar with uh, what I was in for with that, and, and it didn't bring much surprise to me. Jimmy, thank you so much for being here. I you're, consider you a good friend. Um, appreciate the job you do, and you're, you're definitely passionate about your role and as county clerk, and you're a great public servant. I'll see you soon. I appreciate you being here. You've listened. You've been listening to News Talk 94.1 FM at 1600 AM. This has been Rogers, and my guest has been Jimmy Paul, the Cab County Clerk. Jimmy, thank you. We'll thank see, you, Ben. We'll thank see you. you soon, and I appreciate you. I hope everybody has a good weekend, and we'll see you next week.